0: Again, everybody, it's me, Jr. Man. Welcome to your life's work podcast. How are you? Greetings from sunny Southern California to all of you around the globe, and those of you listening off planet. We know who you are. How are we doing? You know, this week we're going to uh, finish up um, a little. I don't, know, I don't want to call it a series because that sounds so stupid. A little talk on attachments. Um, I started two weeks ago. I missed last week. And truth be told, about doing the podcast. Because of the flow of my life or the day to day life that I lead, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual director, so I, you know, I'm talking to people all day long. And when you're in people's business like I am, um, gosh, so many things just kind of drop away. And one of them is the podcast. If you have kids, you get what I'm saying, or if you have a busy social life, you know, you get it too. Um, so yeah, so that's the deal. So I missed last week's podcast. Apologize to all of you, uh, regulars, uh, who, uh, cause there's a few of you, man, who messaged like, yo, hello, where's it at, man? And, um, so there it is. Uh, just a couple business notes real quick. Uh, tabletop Ministries, if you don't know, so, I, you know, there's a couple things that are going on in my life. One is I'm a, uh, I'm a full-time spiritual director, and, you know, if you want to hang out with me, uh, I charge for sessions, and they're, you know, my sessions run an hour, I do uh, individuals or I do groups, uh, you know, we do conferences from time to time, but I also run something called Tabletop Ministries. I'm the executive director for that, and it's a full board of directors kind of a deal. It's a real ministry, 501c3, nonprofit. profit government knows who we are, there's no shenanigans, you know, we're not running around with your money to Rio or anything like that. Uh, Tabletop Ministries, we focus on spiritual direction and pastoral care, 100% free for those who can't afford any kind of traditional therapy or counseling. And there are people, y'all, that are out there that are in need just like you are um, that just don't have the coin or the cash to go settle up with somebody in an office, on a couch, on a chair, in a, in a coffee shop, wherever, um, and deal with what's happening in their life. So that's, that. we decided, you know, Di and I, my wife, we decided a long time ago in our marriage, like, whoever comes to the door, we're opening. And I think for those of you who know me, know my marriage, know Die, you would go, yes, that's that's absolutely them. And we kind of we really do take a pride in ourselves to be able to be available to people like that. Not stupidly, but we really, we welcome it is what I'm saying. And, um, you know, which leads us to, you know, our three adopted kids and like all that stuff. Like Diane, I really want that essence of like, Hey, you can come on in kind of like a (laughs) rehab. And if you've been over to the house on the weekend, (laughs) you know, it looks like one at a time. So, uh, thanks to everybody who comes. So, Tabletop Ministries is in the middle of uh, a fundraising campaign that I have just kind of was like, you know, we need to do a fundraiser once a year. We're looking for 50 grand. Um, the money goes to time, period, end of story. It just goes to the time that I spend with the people that can't uh, afford regular counseling or therapy, And they're looking for that pastoral care. They're looking for that spiritual direction. They're looking for that connection to the divine. They're looking for belonging. They're looking for community. They're looking for the understanding of love in their life and it coming to them and then out of them and all that great stuff that spiritual direction and pastoral care can provide. But we do it for free. And, you know, right now, Tabletop has a lot of clients. And again, time is money. And so on the other side of the fence, I also do a spiritual direction, a paper play deal where people come and they hang out with me and they pay me for sessions. And so we split our time and our calendar can get crazy. And Dai runs part of the, the ministry and Dai also runs the, the, the books for the business, quote unquote, that we do. Um, so we're super, super busy with people all the time and we love it. Don't hear this as a complaint. Hear this as a, this is what we love to do. So when you give to Tabletop Ministries, you're, you're literally transforming people. And in, in our little line for Tabletop Ministries is transforming lives all year round. And so when you're giving, you're giving to somebody. You know, like if you give, let's say you give 50 bucks, you're gi- that's like somebody's session. And that's somebody's session that doesn't need to worry about how they're going to pay me or even how, how they're going to get to me. Because in some cases with Tabletop, I have clients that I literally will drive to them. Um, so I just want you to know that. I want you to know that's a sincere, a sincere effort that's happening on our side of the fence. So we do have this fundraiser campaign actively going. It's on Facebook. You can go to my Facebook page, which is something, 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 just go to my website, jerryman.com and you'll find everything you need to know there. Or if you follow me on Facebook, you'll, you'll see my, my, uh, my nonprofit campaign or the, or the donate to campaign. And, um, or you can go to, Tabletop Ministries dot online and give there, but we're looking for fifty k to kind of support the ministry for the year because there's a lot of people that we're already serving since January. Uh, if you don't give, you don't give. It doesn't mean that we're shutting down the ministry. It just it just it just means that you're not giving. So, but uh, I think those of you who know me, know my family, know what we're trying to do and uh, what we're trying to do with spiritual direction and just how we're trying to really give back and making sure that people understand that they are loved and they are belonged to, uh, no matter what the season they're going through, um, you get it. So your cash, um, is time with people. And I want you to understand it that way, uh, because that's the way we kind of interpret it. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just good, man, to make sure that people are getting what they need. Right? Right. I agree with that. Everybody, uh, needs a little bit of that. Um, our book year, which is coming out very, like we're so close. My best friend in the world, whose name is Rob Supan, who Rob and I have been together for a long time and I love him dearly. And he's got like a 500 kids and I love his wife, Trish. And if you know Rob and you listen regularly, or if you, you know, hear the stories, I mean, Rob and I've got stories that you wouldn't believe, but he's an unbelievable designer. So he's finishing up the book as we speak, um, the book year is uh, is 365 uh, contemplations. It's 365 just wonderful ideas to pop in and noodle in your head. Uh, it's not like a regular chapter book where you're going to go, Chapter 1, JR is awesome. Chapter 2, JR is really, really awesome. It's not like that at all. When I set out to write the book that we're doing now... <laughs> It wasn't. It, it looks. It looked nothing like what we're doing right now. So, um, the creative process for me uh, is kind of squirrely and nutty and just fun and miraculous at times. And so, Rob is finishing up that right now. So, I'm. I'm eventually going to do a pre order thing on the website if you want to get in on it. We have no idea how much we're charging for the book right now, and I'm going to let Rob help me decide to what that means based on the publishing and everything and then hopefully uh everybody will come and grab a book and uh, be happy. But I think you'll enjoy it. I think you will enjoy what we put together. I think you'll lo- I I, th- I know you'll love the design because I've seen it and it's beautiful. Uh and I hope and I think uh those of you who are regs to the podcast and dig what's going on as far as spiritual direction or the transformation of somebody's life, um I think you'll just dig the cold the whole cool concept. Those are two notes. Uh we also do have a conference coming up online uh which I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with that yet, but uh, we're going to do that. And, and I had a friend challenge me uh, about a month ago. Hey, do you teach spiritual direction? Can you teach uh, the practices of spiritual direction? Can you train people uh, as spiritual directors? And I'm like, well, of course we can. (laughs) So we put together a curriculum, a curriculum, a curriculum, I want to go, what words are hard for you to say? I think you just realized one of mine. Um, we put together uh, kind of a series, so we're also going to be putting together kind of a, if, a, like a, a school of spiritual direction, if you will, where we can help you kind of slide into some of those understandings, uh, or at least understand the practice of spiritual direction. Um, which is there's been a lot said about, and there's been many books written about. And if 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 you are a fan of contemplation, if you're in that contemplative world right now, and it's a very hot right now, <laughs> and if you're in a if if you're doing that, like you know, spiritual direction has become uh, a better known quantity, at least in the evangelical American church society today. Um, but most most evangelical uh, people. American churchy folks uh, still go spiritual direction uh, are you of the devil um, but it's not like that at all so we're going to put together a little school so people can come and hang and we'll do it over the course of a six month where there will be classes and, and little conferences and books to read and all kinds of fun stuff so cool that's it okay let's get to attachments. so again I preface the last one by saying I'm reading I'm currently reading Anthony DeMello hold on hold on Oh please, oh, please, oh, please. I'm currently reading Anthony DeMello's um, The Way of Love. So if you want to know more, I'm telling you, go buy Amazon baby Anthony DeMello. It's Anthony D-E, capital M E L L O W, and Anthony is Anthony. And it's the way to love. Now, with that said, it's 30 small contemplations. Or like meditations that are like a couple, two, three pages each. So you're not getting into some huge book. Because I know there's some of you out there that's like, look, I'm digging this stuff. I love this stuff. But JR, stop feeding me the book that's 9,000 pages. Because, you know, I have a couple books on my table right now. Like, (laughs) there's a book book in front of me right now that's called The 70 Faces of the Torah. And I'm telling you right now, man, it's thick. (laughs) It's thick. I'm not recommending that to you. (laughs) I'm giving everybody like... Anthony, like the dude writes it really, really succinctly, but the premise of this book is that if you believe that people, places, and things make you happy or can give you happiness, you're screwed. And we need to re examine our attachments. People, places, and things. Like if you look at a person right now and you're like, I believe you I believe you can make me happy, and that relationship severs in some way, you're screwed, right? Because your happiness would be tied up into that person, you're screwed. Place the same thing and things are the same thing and last week we talked or two weeks ago we talked about that so if you want to hear that go back the one thing i'll preface before we get into what i'm going to talk about this week is when when you do place when you believe this as a as a like a life thing for you like if you look across the table and you go mark you make me hey sweetheart i you make me happy and you're chasing people you're chasing people you're chasing things for happiness and it doesn't work out here here's the end result worry fear anger depression unhappiness because you're carving out your happiness in other things other than yourself or the divine and that's where we're going to go today so again if you want to hear more about that stuff go read that or go listen to that podcast uh, that's that's before this one for today's purposes, I wanna I wanna go. So where do we go once we start to really understand that yes, attachments can screw us if we believe that people, places, and things can make us happy? Where do we go? Where do we attach? Where do we find happiness? Where you know, I I work with people. Uh, I, I work with people, and, the, and these are real sentences for anybody. It's not just the people I work with. But sentences for everybody is like, you know, I want happiness, right? And and I'm and again, it's like I'm always challenging people to understand that sentence like, like well, what does that mean? And, and, and where does that manufacture in your life? And, and, and isn't it a perceived thing like as you've grown up in whatever culture and language and society and, and dogma and faith and, and stuff that you grew up in? Like there's always these pre-prescribed you know prescribed understandings of that'll make you happy and that'll make you happy. And again, again when we get embroiled into those things and we start looking outside of ourselves for happiness, that's where we get in trouble. And I want everybody to kind of like focus in on understanding that. Here's a good thing. The heart will kick back on some of this stuff. The heart will kick back on some of this stuff. Because, because some of this stuff, you just go, well, why the hell can't she make me happy? Why the hell can't that make me happy? And I'm not saying they can't. In fact, I like to say, like, I say plain Jane. Like, I've been married 24 years. Diane, my wife, you, you know her. She's categorically the opposite of me, which means she's good. <laughs> she's great. She's wonderful. She's loving. She's caring. She's gentle. She's kind. She's spiritual. She's, she's, I mean, she's the closest thing to God I've ever met, frankly. But she doesn't make me happy, and she can't make me happy. Now, I can be happy with Diane. But if Diane's my source of happiness, I'm screwed because I'm going to go back to those words, worry, fear, anger, depression, and happiness, because Diane will eventually let me down, just like I've let her down a gazillion and one times, believe me, in my marriage. I mean, we've had seasons that, you know, again, if you want to hear the truth, just call her. That's why I was, that's why I tell people, man, you want to know me, call my wife. <laughs> Hang out with Diane. You'll get it real quick. You want to know me, ask my kids. Does that guy get angry when nobody's around? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we wanna go. We want to go to where we really are going to attach. Where, where is that place that we're gonna drive that happiness and attach? Because we're looking for attachments. That's all there is to it. We are people who wanna be bonded. We are people who wanna be belonged to. We are people who want to be loved. Like we really do, man, at the end of the day. And we do all kinds of crazy shit to try to make people love us. <laughs> it's like insane. And I've talked about happy, or, you know, funny drunk guy. I used to be funny drunk guy. I believed that if I drank alcohol and became wildly funny, that you would love me even more. The problem was I developed a nasty addiction to alcohol, and the f- humor turned into stupidity, anger, and dumbness. And it didn't suit anyone, in fact, hurt a lot of people, including myself. Funny drunk guy brought to you by funny drunk guy. Um, So, okay, so here we go. So where do we attach? Well, number one, I want you to attach to you. I want you to start reflectively understanding that when you're standing looking at the mirror, who are you? And that's a big question. That's a huge question. Who are you? Right. It can get crazy, esoteric and super cosmic and it can get crazy and nutty. What is the value of life? What is truth, JR? Well, well, who are you? I want to start with that question. Like I really want to challenge you to ask yourself, who are you, man? Who are you? What what are those strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the awesome things about you? What are the things, man, you wish you could shake? What are the things that people attract to you? Like what are the things that you attract to you, right? What are your desires? What are your wants? What are you curious about? What brings you joy? What are your hobbies? What are your inside thoughts that not many people get? What are those thoughts? What do you like to do when you're alone? What do you like to do when you're with people? Where do you like to go? What is the cadence of your life? Do you like fast cars? Do you like slow cars? What's your favorite color? I want you to examine yourself In 2018, we are set up every day to run away from ourselves as quickly and as often as we possibly can. Pick up a damn cell phone and you will get so far removed from yourself so quickly that you will quickly forget who you are. And your attachments will become every damn thing you see other people either have or are. So slow down and take a look at yourself. And my, my premise in this, taking a look at yourself, isn't to be selfish, right? It isn't to be, because I can hear, I can hear, I can hear evangelical people right now and pastors. Oh, deny yourself, sacrifice, bleed for the greater good. Why take a look at yourself? You need to deny yourself. And that's bullshit at the end of the day. We must take a look at ourselves. We must find true self. We must understand what God has put on the planet. He's put you on the planet, wonderfully on this planet. And he so much wants you to have a relationship with all of his creation. And he so much wants you to look in the mirror and do some self-discovery. He really, really does. So in that, God is in you. In that, God is in you. I am square on this that God did such a great thing creating us in, in His image. And He was joyful about us in His image, joyful about humanity. And we screw that up too because we all tend to think that, hum- that we suck in some way. And I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with you. And you've heard me say that before. There's nothing wrong with you. And I want you to get into some self discovery and away from your attachments. This is John 1. It's the Bible. I'm not going to tell you to relax because it's the Bible. You shouldn't be relaxed while you're reading the Bible. <laughs> you should be on your toes, man. This is the Bible. This is John 1. Now, John 1 is super poetic depending on what translation you're reading. I'm going to read out of the NIV, I think. No, I'm reading out of the message. This is the message. The NIV is a little—the um, the NIV is great— I love the message. Obviously, you hear me read the message very often. Uh, I I don't care what you think about translations of the Bible. I just don't care. I don't care. I don't care at the end of the day. The Holy Spirit is so much bigger than what you need to say about the translations of the Bible. but I do say at this point that if you're going to get into the reading of the Bible, I do want you to have some command over some of the history, the context, and the language that it was written and, 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 and transferred from and to and around. So a little light biblical study wouldn't hurt anyone, frankly. So if you get into it a little bit, it's just good to know or it's good to listen to somebody who has that kind of point of reference. So this is John 1. John says, "...the Word was first. When we're talking about the Word, we're talking about presence of God. We're, we're, we're talking about an all-encompassing presence of God. The Word was first. The Word present to God. God's, God present to the Word. God in the Word. The presence was all His. The Word was God in readiness for God from day one. In other words, everything is His It goes on to say, everything was created through him. Everything was created through him. So look it, start measuring yourself with that. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. That's a bold statement, man. That's That's how cool this is. What came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. So what he brought into this world, right? Life is considered light to live by. Your life is considered a light to live by. It's in you right now. The life light blazed out of darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. So the darkness couldn't put it out, right? And the darkness sits in darkness and understands that life That life light is in you. And it is in you. It is through you. It is always being produced around you. All you have to do, like a real quick understanding, is go watch a sunset or a sunrise. And boom, real quickly, you get the enormity and the awe and wonder of what this planet and world and cosmos are. A starry, starry night, a very dark scene where you're looking straight up into the stars and you're like, what is going on with that? And you contemplate the billions of stars going on outside there. It goes on to your best friend in the relationship you feel where you're having coffee or lunch or laughing with your best friend over on the phone or, or you're just taking in the moment of your best friend and you are so connected to them. And that life light is in essence and raging through you. Your children, look at your children. Not when they're making you pissed off, but when when you have that moment of gratitude. And that life light is just burning through you. And there is no darkness to that relationship. It's just a joy and a light. So I want you to tap into that when you start thinking about yourself. I want you to start to attach to that. I want you to attach to the enormity of life blazing inside of you, blazing around you, and being produced for you because of this wonderful, poetic, mysterious, wonderful John 1. It's just freaking great. I'm just looking at it real quick. And the darkness couldn't put it out. And the darkness couldn't put it out. For me, attachments are darkness. For me, when I look back at people, places, and things and go, that's where my happiness is, that's a dark spot. Because again, I'm not understanding at some level that when I lean into people as my happiness, all I'm doing is I'm attaching to things that will eventually fail me. Now, you can be happy with those people, don't get me wrong, but we have to understand that humans, people, places, and things aren't going to drive the kind of happiness that I'm talking about. And when we start to really plug into ourselves and the energy that's circulating not only inside of us but around us, we really start to understand peace and happiness will be a byproduct of that peace, not the other way around. It's not happiness produces peace. It's peace produces happiness. I'm telling you right now. And in this search for happiness won't become such a crazy drug that we're all looking to just poke into. I worked in the television business forever. And I cannot tell you the amount of people that would stake their happiness, stake their claim in their happiness based on the job that they were about to get or looking to get for, right? Right? In newsrooms across the country, it was like, man, I want to be a reporter. And you could see it burning in their eyes. And there was going to be some kind of satisfaction to becoming a reporter or executive producer or line producer or the news director of the television station or the GM or whatever the position was. And I saw people attain their dreams and their goals. And I saw for a season there'd be this happiness thing that spurted over their head like fireworks on the 4th of July. And then I would also see how the business would pound back at them and remove some of that because the business had a cruel way of letting you know who you are, (laughs) which goes back to my point about attachments. I was very happy in the business. I really was. And there was a certain time that I did, I put all my happiness in in one basket. If I could just win that award, if I could just hang out with those people, if I could be at that one station, if if I could be at that one conference with all those great people, then I would be happy. And it never satisfied my soul. It never did. And I won all the awards and I did get a chance to hang out with all the cool people. And if you're one of the cool people, you know who I'm talking about. But it never satisfied my soul until I started to turn the attachment corner and really, really look inward to discover who I am, true self, to discover the energy, where that comes from, the divine, the trinity, and that, that essence that says that life light burning inside of me. And the fact that I was created by him and that he was an act of producing life constantly around me constantly producing life in me, through me, and around me. And again, I put that like on the, I I just, that's why I say stop and just check it out. I'm not just talking about a great view on a beach. I'm also talking about the understanding of relationship that you have to the beach, right? Because it's not just the beach appeasing us. It's not just the beach making a peaceful statement or an awe statement back to us. It's that we in some way can commune with the beach, keep the beach clean, keep the beach nice, keep the beach a place of awe. Like there is a community that is involved in there that also needs a bit of attachment to it. So I just I want you to start tapping into true self, who you really are. Take an inward look. Again, I'm not saying this like, like we become little gods. We become so focused on ourselves that nothing else matters. We become pillars in our own community or pillars in our own be- belief or faith or dogmas. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying an inward true self look, who are you? And start placing an attachment in there because what ends up happening is you end up finding out and understanding what the energy is and where the energy is coming from. For me, that's the divine. That's the Trinity. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit and recognizing each of those voices as one inside of me. And yeah, man, some of it sounds crazy. That's why it's so damn fun. (laughs) There's also the idea of transforming. The idea of transforming. So in your attachment, as you turn away from people, places, and things, you turn to the identity of transformation. And again, I hate to use the butterfly as, a, as, a, as an example, but we're talking about something that went from a caterpillar into something that flies. And that's like, what? I remember learning about that as a kid going, this is insane. It's nuts. But I want you to, also the idea of transformation. So put your attachments in transformation. Put your trans, put your attachments into the idea of learning more, becoming more, seeing more, becoming more aware of something, becoming more aware of people, becoming more aware of the places and the things without attaching happiness them to, to them. In other words, you're learning about other faiths, and you're learning about other things and situations. I can't tell you how many people I get that just have one mindset about X and don't know Y and don't know Z. And once their life opens up away from the tribe, they go. So start putting your attachment back into that transformation and community community. So there's the idea of getting to know yourself, getting to tapping into that energy inside of you because I squarely believe that the happiness is already sitting inside of you because the divine has created you, because the divine is in you and through you, around you and constantly producing this wonderful energy for you and for, and for, and for the idea of transformation and also for the idea of community. Swing your attachments into community. Again, not that community is going to make you happy. Okay, but there is a relationship that you will have to community. There's a relationship that will foster the idea that you will help community grow and community will help you grow. And in that, you find and discover as deeper journey inside of you happiness that is already brewing and brimming and bubbling just below your surface. It's just that we all need to get our heads squarely out of our butts long enough, long enough to recognize these relationships. Some of you I know are heartbroken over relationships that are gone. I understand that and I hear that. Some of you are just absolutely torn and heartbroken over relationships that you've lost to death, to, 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 to miles, like, and I hear that too. And what I want you to understand is that the love that you have inside of you for another or even for a place or even for a thing is not a question. I'm not questioning that. I'm not asking you to separate or or sever that. What I'm asking you to do is understand what that love is and where that love is going and where that love is being produced from inside of you. Because if you put all your eggs in one happiness basket, again, what ends up happening is people let you down, places let you down, and things will let you down. So I just want you to examine those things. And I want you to start swinging your attachments into the divine. Understanding true self. Understanding true self and the transformation that's happening inside of you. You know, it's just like when we were kids, and I've used this example before. When I was seven, I completely believed in Santa Claus hook, line, and sinker. And I can't tell you where I phased out of it, right? But my consciousness and my awareness eventually started to transform and change enough where I was like, wait, mom and dad are Santa Claus, right? And then I eventually transformed long enough to go, hey, I can be Santa Claus. And then I eventually transformed long enough to go, hey, I just want to give. I just want to make other people happy by that giving. They can be happy with me, not because of me. Right? And then I became transformed into the understanding of getting, of, of opening up myself to the fact that I can, I, can, I can allow generosity into my life and people can give to me without me getting weird about it because they love me, not because I make them happy, because they can be happy with me and love me. Again, if the heart kicks back on some of this stuff, you know we're swimming in uncomfortability. When we swim in uncomfortability, we know we're hitting heart. We know we're hitting soul. We know we're hitting truth. You've heard, and I've said it again. I don't know why I keep saying it, I've said it again. <laughs> but Jesus didn't come to just simply give us a spiritual IRA, and it would grow, and when we, time came for spiritual retirement, we'd be okay. That's not it. That's not it. It's not a journey like a lot of people go, this is the journey to heaven. No, man, this is the journey in the present. This is the journey in the present. The kingdom is now. The kingdom of heaven is now. That's Jesus. And if it's right now, it's in you, and it needs you to tap it a little bit. It needs you to wring it out a little bit. It needs you to divorce yourself a little bit from some of the attachments that you've created over time because of safety, because of security, because you'll feel better if you do because you might be codependent, because you might have an addiction. I don't believe you're unaware. You know, somebody said to me the other day, because I'm always telling people that I don't believe they're unaware. I don't believe you're unaware. I don't. I believe you get yourself. And somebody said, well, how can you support that? And I said, there's a bar on every corner and there's a church on every corner. That's how I know you're aware. Think about it. Think about it. Are you thinking? So that's how I know people are aware. I get human beings, I get what we do, I get how we think, I get how we flow, I get where we go and we get all jerked up, I get it, and I also get where we go when we tap into ourselves and we really start to understand who we are, and then we look back at the world and we go, I got nothing to prove, I got nothing to lose, you're not going to make me happy, that thing's not going to make me happy because I'm already here, and I'm going to lean into who I am, and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want because it's what I desire and want. I don't need tribe to tell me. I don't need you to tell me. I don't need that thing on my back to make it okay. If you're teetering on what I'm talking about right now, I'm asking you to teeter all the way. I'm not asking you to quit your job. That's, I'm not doing that. I'm not asking you to quit your life. I'm not doing that. I'm not actually, I'm not asking you to walk away from your, I'm not doing that. I'm asking you to take a look at yourself and understand your wants and your, and your desires, what's flowing out of you and allow that energy to create and understand that it is, it is happiness and peace and joy. And yes, there'll be some pain and sorrow in there. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But you hear me? I know you do. All right, we're at thirty-three forty-nine. I apologize for going three minutes over. Good people, how I love you! I really do. I really thank all of you for uh, really supporting the gig. I really do. You're the greatest. Remember tabletop and your giving, if you would. I would really appreciate that. And uh, I mean, you're just not only are you fueling, not only are you fueling my life's work for other people, but you're also taking care of somebody else. So I really do appreciate that. And I know the clients that I see on the tabletop side are super appreciative of that as well. Hey, I love you. Next week, I don't know what the hell we'll do, so stay with me. Um, But until then, we'll see you later.